Welcome to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson. I think this third one, the seed among the thorns, I think this is largely our problem in our culture today. There's just so many other things that we've got going. There's the cares of this life. There's a desire for other things. And until God's word and his truth and his instruction to us, until they become the top of the list priority, nothing's really going to change in our lives. But don't stay there. Make the change. Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study in the Gospel of Mark. Join us as Pastor Brian concludes his teaching on Mark, chapter 4, verses 1 through 25, in a message titled, The Gospel Seed. Now, here's Pastor Brian. So the first seed just hits the ground and doesn't penetrate, and the devil's there to snatch it away. The second one sinks in a little bit, but not any real depth to speak of. And whenever difficulty comes along, it's consumed by the fire. But now here's one that goes a little bit deeper, but it goes down to the level of the weeds. It it doesn't go deeper. It doesn't go beyond the level of the weeds. It it settles kind of right there in the weeds. And after You know, the first service this morning, a lady comes up to me. She says, I know all about weeds. I do gardening and and I plant these pepper plants and these weeds, they come in and they just spread everywhere and they suck up all the water and the nutrients and stuff. And, you know, the plant, she was really, (laughs) she was really bothered by those weeds. And amen to that. Weeds are bad. And we've all encountered weeds, I think, probably. And what do they do? He says that they choke out the life so that no fruit ever comes to its full potential. Now, with this picture of the thorns, Jesus tells us what, what he's talking about. He says he's talking about the cares of this life, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things. And what he's describing is that, yeah, the seed has gone in, but it's on the same level as these other things. So they're in the end going to choke it out. It didn't go deep enough. It has to go deeper than the weeds. And this is the person who receives the gospel and, you know, obviously has some attraction to the gospel and some affinity for the gospel and some desire for the gospel, but it's not a desire that's any deeper than, than a desire for other things. So it's sort of a, an attitude of like, yeah, the gospel's great and wonderful, but well, you know, this is great too. And that's great too. And well, I can't give up this because, you know, that's what I do and that's what I am. And, uh, you know, so the gospel in this case it doesn't become the priority. It's not the main thing. It's just put along with these other things. And those other things will eventually choke out the gospel. So there is no fruit. And what does he say? He says, the cares of this life, the cares of this life, just the things, you know, about life. How many people just get caught up in the cares of this life? 
You know, I don't have time to cultivate my spiritual life because there's so many other things I've got to do. There's so many other, even sometimes responsibilities I have. So there's the cares of this life, but then there's the desire for other things. You know, there's other things I want. Yeah, the gospel's great and Jesus is good, but, but there's so many other things. There's so many other things I want to do. You know how many people I've heard tell me, well, you know, I, I'm interested in that and I like, you know, the gospel sounds good, but I'm just not ready right now because there's so many other things I still want to do. Other things. But then, let's zero in on this one, the deceitfulness of riches. Take this to heart. This is how Jesus describes riches. They are deceiving. They're deceiving. What does that mean? Well, riches, they fool you. Because what do we think about riches? We think that happiness is connected to riches. We think contentment is connected to riches. We think fulfillment is connected to riches. Jesus said the deceitfulness of riches. Why? Because that's a deception. No, that will not fulfill you. That will not make you happy. That will not bring you contentment. It's a trick. Riches trick you into thinking that they can do something that they can't do. And yet how many people fall for the trick? Many, many people fall for the trick. Some people say, no, look, I know. I know if I could just win the lottery, I know I would be, I would be way better off and I'd be way happier. And, you know, I would even give to God. I would tithe. You know, if I got $900 million, I would give God 10%. I would. The deceitfulness of riches. Paul the Apostle put it this way in writing to Timothy in his first letter, the sixth chapter. He warned about riches. He said, for those who would be rich fall into temptation and into a trap and into many foolish and harmful lusts that drown men in destruction. And believe it or not, and you don't even have to take my word for it, just do a little bit of research. Riches have been the death of many, many people. The person thought it was going to be their life. It ended up being their death. You know, we, we don't have to even do a whole lot of research to find out that this is absolutely true. I mean, think of the people who are the richest. They're oftentimes, more times than not, they are the most miserable of people. You know, sometimes you'll hear a celebrity who's wealthy, you'll hear them, you know, come out and just admit that none of this fame, none of this money, this wealth, none of this has made me happy. It's not done that for me at all. That, that's the reality. The love of money, Paul says, is, is a root of all kinds of evil and for which some have strayed away from the faith and they pierced themselves through with many sorrows. That, that's the end of pursuing those things and giving up your spiritual life for these material things is a huge mistake. Don't make the mistake. Don't let those things choke out God's word. But then, fourthly, we have the good soil. Those who receive the word and understand it, 
Matthew adds understanding. Mark doesn't mention it here. Verse 20, but these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word, accept it and bear fruit, some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. So going back to what I said a moment ago, what's the difference here? So there's the hard ground, there's the shallow ground, there's the thorny ground, and then there's the good soil. What's the difference? If we're all the same, what's the difference? Well, the difference is that this seed went down deep. It went down deep. And, and that's, that's how our lives change. When the word of God goes down deep into us, when it really impacts us, when we hear the gospel and we understand, that's a key statement by Jesus. It's the understanding of it and all the implications of it. When we understand, I am a sinner who's hopelessly lost. I'm not just a, like a passive sinner who just did a few wrong things. No, I'm an active rebel against God. But God, in his love and his mercy, he's extended salvation to me. When I understand that, when a person really gets that and acts upon it, that's when the seed goes down deep. And that's when the fruit then will come. And, and let me just say, I'm not describing here necessarily an emotional experience. Sometimes when we even talk about like, you know, I had a deep thing, we're, we're kind of more expressing it emotionally. But you can have a deep, deep encounter and experience and the seed can go deep down and, and you might not necessarily have any outward emotions. I mean, I know people who have been greatly emotionally impacted as the, as the seed has gone deep into their heart. It has brought them under deep conviction and it's, it's accompanied with many tears and just a great sense of God's, sometimes God's judgment, but then on top of it, God's mercy. And it, it's just an amazing spiritual experience. And it leads to transformation in their life because the word went down deep. But you know, I know other people that never had any of those experiences but had the transformed life because the seed went deep. It didn't necessarily immediately affect them emotionally the same way, but it took root in their hearts. And that's what Jesus is describing here. Those who receive it, those who understand. You see, it goes back to understanding. What is the gospel? Well, like we're saying, it's not what people often think it is. The gospel's not about betterment for me, even though it does better me. The gospel is about me being reconciled to the God who made me. The gospel is about me coming out of darkness into his light. The gospel is about me being his child. The gospel is about me becoming his servant. And there's all kinds of amazing, wonderful aspects to that as well. So Jesus says that when the seed falls on the good soil, he says it produces fruit. So let's talk about fruitfulness for a minute. What, what is the fruit that's being produced here? Well, let's go back to the seed. If I plant an apple seed, I am going to get an apple tree, right? And I'm going to get apples. And Take any seed you want. Whatever seed you plant, that is what you're going to get. So the seed is the word of God 
when we plant, when that seed is planted deep in our hearts, what is the fruit going to be? Well, first and foremost, the fruit is going to be likeness to Christ. Because we're plant, the life of God is being planted in us. Now, I say this because for a long time, I, I used to think that fruit was mainly about you know, doing things for God and especially like evangelism and leading people to Jesus. And like, well, that was fruit. And that might be connected to fruit at some point. That might be a manifestation of fruit, but that's not the primary thing that is being talked about when fruit is being born. Remember, Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, abides in me, bears much fruit. So what is the fruit? Well, he's the vine. He's the vine, we're the branch. What's going to come out on the branch as the fruit? It's going to be Christ-likeness. So this is what happens. When the life of God is planted in the human soul, the likeness of God begins to manifest itself in us and through us. So that's the first thing. It is fruitfulness is Christ-likeness. We're being transformed more and more and more into the image of the Son of God. And we can also see it as the fruit of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. Now, the fruit of the Spirit is, in a sense, it's just another way of saying what I just said a moment ago. Because, again, the Spirit is the source, and so the fruit of the Spirit is going to be the, the life of the Spirit. Now, Paul tells us in Galatians 5, he he walks us through the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. That's the fruit of the Spirit. So that's, that's what we're talking about here. And 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold, it, it increases as we go on in life. But it's also, I think, you could include the gifts of the Spirit. What are the difference between the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit? Fruit of the Spirit is primarily about character. It's about your character. It's about you becoming like Jesus in your thinking and in your behavior. It's character formation. That's what happens that we call the fruit of the Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit are the empowerments of the Spirit that allow us to work for God and, and do the things of God. And, and I think that both are included because those that the Lord saves, he saves us. He wants to transform us in our character, but he also wants to use us for his glory. And so he gives us gifts. And through those gifts, the faithful using of those gifts, fruit comes, lives are impacted, the kingdom of God is expanded And so I think those things are included. And then finally, thirdly, I think faith is also another thing that we could say as the fruit. Faith, increasing faith. As as time goes on, as, as God has planted his life in us and we're growing in the likeness and we're coming to know him, what are we doing simultaneously? We're coming to trust him more. More and more and more we're trusting him because we're living out that experience with him. And so, as Jesus said, the seed that falls on the good soil, it produces fruit. It produces fruit. 30, 60, 100. Now, 
the primary message of this parable, I think, is that it's a picture of what happens when the, the gospel goes out. And Jesus is the one, you know, in the, another parable, like I said, it's clear that he's the one, he's the sower. So this is what Jesus is doing. He's sowing the seed and it's falling on these various types of soil. So the primary application, I think, is how people respond to the gospel. How people who have not heard the gospel respond to it when they hear it. That's the primary message. But the secondary application would be to us who have already received the word in a saving sense. So in other words, there's application of this beyond just salvation. Because this same process, it works itself out in our own experience as Christians. Because as Christians, we also are having the word of God brought to us by opening the pages of scripture and meditating on God's word and the spirit bringing that to us. And so the question is, what? how are we responding? So in some cases, as God might speak a word to us and that word might you know, some sort of instruction, maybe some, some correction, or maybe even some direction in our lives, or whatever it might be, you know, there are those times when the word might come, and before we, because it's, you know, maybe not exactly what we want to hear, the devil's right there to snatch that away. Never forget that the devil is looking over your shoulder while you're studying the Bible. Maybe that'll help you understand why sometimes it can be so challenging just to do that. But he's right there. He wants to snatch that away. Or you're reading through God's word as, as his child and you're looking you know, to grow and the word comes, but then again, there's that initial excitement about it. But then maybe there's some unpleasant aspects to it too. So you're like, no, I don't, we're not, we're not gonna do that. Or we, we hear something, God speaks to us, and we know that, yeah, this, we know this, but then, but I, I've just got so many other things going on. Man, there's so many things. I'm so busy. I don't, I don't really have time for that. I think, the, I think this third one, you know, the, the seed among the thorns, uh, this is, I think this is largely our problem in our culture today. There's just so many other things that we've got going. There's the cares of this life. There's the desire for other things. And many people who are believers, but the priorities are not right. It's like all of these other things are just kind of just as important. And until God's word and his truth and his instruction to us, until they become the top of the list priority, nothing's really going to change in our lives. But don't stay there. Make the change. Don't, don't be the one that the seed is effectively choked out because of these other things. No, when God brings that word to you, act upon it. Take it into your heart deeply and obey it and, and see what God does. And then, of course, that's where we want to always be. We want to receive the word and let God do his work in our lives. And, and listen, if you think, if anybody thinks like, well, you know, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm kind of beyond that now. You know, I, I 
I'm a Christian, and yeah, I'm following the Lord. You know, the Lord's always going to be wanting to work in our lives. There's always work to be done. (laughs) There's never going to be a time, as long as you're on planet Earth, there's never going to be a time when God goes, all right, complete. They're done. No more work to do. They're, they're great. They're fine. That's, that's not going to happen. So you can safely assume that there's always going to be places where God wants to speak to you. It's, he wants to challenge us. And he wants to call us to deeper things. He wants to call us to new things. You know, sometimes I've done things. I've taken steps of faith. And, and then I'm like, okay, Lord, I took the step of faith. I'm done. I'm, it's good. Let's just settle down here. And the Lord's like, no, no, we're not done. There's more faith to be lived out. There's more steps to take. That's, that's the reality. So, so let's, let's realize that. And, and then let's just receive that word. Understand it. Receive it. Apply it. And, of course, as a result, fruit will come. And that's what God desires. Now, as we close, I just want to say one final word to... Someone who is maybe here today and, and you've really not yet received the gospel of Christ. You've heard it. You heard it today, maybe. You perhaps have heard it before. And so God is looking for that word to take root in your heart. That, that's his desire. And you know, it's amazing how loving and gracious and patient God is because he will, he will even keep throwing seed out you know, you might you might might have been at a place where you know the gospel was presented, and you're just like, no, nah, not interested. The devil just snatched that away. But you're hearing it again today because God loves you and He's gracious, and He's throwing it out there again so you can respond to it. But we determine how are we going to respond? Are we going to let the enemy steal it, snatch it away? Are we going to let potential difficulty, challenges, trouble, persecution, whatever it might be, we're going to let that scare us away and say, no, I I don't want it because of that? Are we going to let these other material, temporal things just control the whole issue and so we never really engage in, in the depth of a relationship that God has for us or are we going to receive it? Just receive it into our hearts and bear fruit. That's, of course, God's plan. That's his ideal. That's what he wants to do. He wants to plant his life in you. And he wants you to experience the power of his life bursting forth in your life to change you and make you into a person like Jesus. That's what he's doing. Now let's join Pastor Brian and Cheryl in the studio as they share about this month's resource. So Brian, a lot of people don't know this about you, that you actually love the Elisa Childers podcast. Yes, I do. And Elisa Childers on there, she deals with some of the issues of our time, especially those who are involved with kind of progressive Christianity or taking Christianity in a non-gospel direction. Yes, And her podcast is fantastic, and she has written a book. 
And the book is called Another Gospel. And yes, progressive Christianity is essentially a Christianity that wants to have the kingdom without the king. They want to leave the hard truths out of the biblical narrative and just sort of have a watered-down kind of a Christianity for today. But they're very persistent and wanting to push this on others as well. So Elisa had an experience in a church where she was subjected to this presentation of progressive Christianity, which caused her to really dig down deep and reestablish her own roots in the faith and then have a passion to talk about this issue. And so she ended up writing this great book called Another Gospel that I would highly recommend. It's going to give you like the up to the moment issues that are being talked about in churches around the country today. And so I highly recommend it. So that's Another Gospel by Elisa Childers with a forward by Lee Strobel. Again, this month's resource is a book titled Another Gospel by Elisa Childers. You can order the book Another Gospel by going to our website, backtobasicsradio.com. Scroll down until you see the photo of it and then click on the donate button. And when you give a gift to Back to Basics, we'll send you the book Another Gospel by Elisa Childers to help you wrestle with the idea of progressive Christianity. It's our way of saying thank you for your generous support of this ministry. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue tomorrow with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we study together in the Gospel of Mark. Back to Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.